We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you ready for rapid fire? I am ready for rapid fire. We we got into a very good discussion about Sam Hartman, and I think it's time to loosen the mood up a little bit with some some rapid fire. That's right. But we're going to continue the Sam Hartman talk in rapid fire. Scale of one to ten, what does Sam Hartman transferring to Notre Dame for Marcus Freeman in the what does it do for Marcus Freeman in the big picture in terms of potentially attracting more transfer players? You know, for me, I'm going to set this. I, I think it'd be too far to take this at, at like a, a 10 out of 10. But I definitely think it sets a precedence that, you know, that this was considered by many the top quarterback in the uh, in the portal. So if you can land what, what is considered to be the best quarterback in the portal and knowing that, you know, that you need help at quarterback or you're seeking help at quarterback and you can go out and get the best guy, I think that that sets it for me around a seven or eight on that scale. I think that it shows that Marcus Freeman can get it done. Um, and I think other transfer, you know, portal players are, are going to realize that. And especially if you see someone like Hartman have a really good year and it boosts his kind of overall draft grade. I think that that is only going to help him, too, because if he has success, then other transfer portals will say, hey, I got a year left. I know I'm a pretty solid player and I want to take my game to the next level. Then why not go to a school that has proven success of doing that? Yeah. Exactly. And Derek is all in. He's pushing all this. This one goes to 11 for Derek. So, yeah. And that's I'm 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 the same because now, like, especially for this team, because Notre Dame has been, you know, they've got a kicker, punter and, you know, they, they've got a you know, they obviously went out and got a wide receiver. But now they've got a quarterback and you've got a quarterback with a track record of winning and then all these other things. That, that are going to be added into the mix. I'm really curious to see, like, just for this alone, with Notre Dame still needing to add something at the defensive line specifically, that that being the biggest pressing need right now, like, does that help maybe push some somebody over the edge to say, you know what, you know, Notre Dame only went to the Gator Bowl this year. You know, Marcus Freeman's a great guy and all, but what you know, what, what you know, what am I going to you know really get out of this program? I think that they can go out and get some legitimate talent. And I think that that it helps them going forward as well. So, you know, I'm pushing mine up, not quite to 11, but I'm pushing mine up to nine. I, I think that it, it getting a guy like this and what Notre Dame can become with a veteran quarterback sitting in that position, I, I think that they, 
it, it's really going to help them going forward with their ability to attract some of these guys. And yeah, like, like, like Caleb Smith, pretty much I'd, I'd be smiling pretty big right now too. And I'd be smiling pretty big if I were any of these receivers right now. So again, now that Hartman is at Notre Dame, how do you balance winning now this upcoming season along with Tyler Buckner's development? Well, I think you can do both at the same time. You know, if, if Buckner has the right mindset and mentality going into it, assuming that he gets beat out by someone like Hartman, because it's only going to one develop him. And I know that there's nothing like starting that starting experience is the best development that you're going to get. But when we're talking about, you know, the offensive line that Notre Dame has, the three running backs that Notre Dame has, and to me, some stud wide receivers, it only makes sense that the goal every year is to win now. And, you know, I, I hate to break it to a lot of people. Notre Dame hasn't won a national championship <laughs> since 1988. And so if you want your best shot at winning a national championship, you kind of have to set aside, you know, the development stuff. Um, and that's I alluded to it earlier. Clemson and Alabama don't have any worries about that because their goal Saban's goal, Davos' goal is to win every year. And what's the best, you know, best way to get to that goal? And so if that means starting a guy for a year and, you know, potentially sitting a guy and letting him develop and then letting him get his two years after that, I don't see anything wrong with that because, you know, you don't, you don't play for second place. You don't play for third place. You, you, you can potentially land there at the end of the season, but you, your goal at this end of the season is to go all in and to make that national championship. So to me, that's got to be the overall goal. So I'm I'm okay with that balance of, you know, kind of setting aside Buckner's in-game development for a season because he can develop on the side from a great quarterback with a lot of experience, and Notre Dame can potentially have a better shot at winning the national championship. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Whatever gives you the best chance to compete for a national championship, that's what that 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 has to be at the front of your list. Because, I mean, what have what 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 have Notre Dame fans been clamoring for forever? Uh, win a national championship. This is the longest Notre Dame has ever gone, nineteen eighty eight to now. So what's we're we're like thirty five years now going on at this point. That's the longest stretch that Notre Dame has ever gone without winning a national championship. So if this gives you the best chance to win a national championship in your estimation as a, as a head coach and a coaching staff, you've got to go out and make the move. And again, what you hope for is that by bringing in a veteran like this, you're going to take a a kid like Tyler Buckner with a ton of talent and upside, and it's only going to make him better between the competition and working with the guy like Hartman in the room. And it's going to make the other guys behind him better as well. So I, I agree winning, winning the chance the, the national championship, giving yourself the chance to win the national championship. That's gotta be the main goal. And I, I think that this move gives them a better chance than if they don't make this move. Fill in the blank. It's blank that Hartman revealed last month that he had to have a rib removed and he now has it in his refrigerator and he plans to get it made into a necklace. That's that's on some next level weird stuff for me. That seems like a, you know, like a spiritual, like I am keeping this rib to, you know, and I'm going to wear it around my necklace or as a necklace because I don't need a rib. And it's it's just going to give me that much more strength. I don't know that it just feels kind of like voodoo s to me. It's a little weird. I personally wouldn't do it. But hey, if that's what if that's what Hartman wants to do, go ahead. I just personally I'm not a type of guy who, you know, a tooth falls out, I'm not putting on a necklace and wearing it. Or if I need to have, you know, some sort of procedure where something's coming out, I'm not just keeping that. Or like, it's just kind of weird, you know. But again, if that's that, if that's Sam Hartman's thing, that's Sam Hartman's thing. It's just not my thing. It's definitely strange. Um, you know, like the fact that he has it in his refrigerator, that might be the strangest thing. You know, like put it in the freezer or something, you know, wrap it up and just make sure that it's not by the dog bones or anything like that, <laughs> I guess. Make it into, into a necklace is kind of a unique idea, you know, if if that's what you're into. But if nothing else, with NIL, he might be able to make some money off the thing, actually. <laughs> you know, you can sell his commemorative ribs. Oh, it'd be <laughs> so there. weird. I know. I know. Uh, we have a bonus question about that I kind of starred right as we were starting rapid fire from the Sunset Kid. Will the locker room be split between Tyler Buckner and Sam Hartman? What do you think about that? You know, I, I don't I don't necessarily think so. And I, I know it's not to this scale, but, you know, when I played in college, we had guys every year that would come in and transfer, right? You always have guys who are transferring in. And a lot of times it's you, you bring in guys that are transfers because of the talent that they can provide and the depth that they can provide to your team. So I don't necessarily think that, it boils down to what side we're on. I think it just necessarily boils down to as a team, what gives us the better shot to win. I no one, no one is just gonna, you know, be upset with Tyler Buckner or decide not to be, you know, friends with Tyler Buckner or anything like that. And I don't think that it gets 
into that kind of situation where you're saying, oh, well, I, I, I want Tyler Buckner to be the starter. So, you know, I'm kind of going to kind of exonerate a guy like Sam Hartman. No, I think everyone, especially on, on any sort of team, the whole goal or aspect is what's going to, you know, win us the most games, who's going to give us the opportunity to win the most games. And I think someone like Tyler Buckner recognizes that. And I think, again, Tyler Buckner realizes the potential that is going to come out of this situation to potentially still, you know, beat out a guy like this for a starter or get beaten out and, and gain a lot of experience from someone who has a lot of proven experience. Yeah. Irishman thinks that there's a difference between playing at a power five school and, and playing at, at, at another school. No, Jesse did not play at a power five school at <laughs> a top, top 25 sports is sports. And it doesn't matter with, with coaches and with players, allegiances to your friends, you know, again, having played and, and coached and it, like, it doesn't mean nearly as much as having the ability to win. Everyone wants to win and it might suck that your buddy might not be starting and, you know, like, Oh, it'd be great if your buddy was starting, but at the same time, does he give you the chance to win? Does he give you the best chance to win? Because guys can see it on the practice field. They know who the best player is, you know, like, like, a lot of times there are guys who don't end up winning the job and they do think that maybe they were the better man for the job. And many other times it is obvious to everyone around who is playing better. So is there a chance, you know, that, that maybe it could split some people? Sure. But I think most of that happens when, the guy who wins the job gets out there and is not performing. And then, you know, like if you see in practice, maybe this guy is playing better, you know, that's when some of the divisions and stuff like that come, or, you know, like the personalities, you know, depending on the personalities and those kind of things. But if the better guy is out there and is performing like the better guy, then, then I don't think that you, I don't think that you risk a locker room divide in that case. You know, there's, and I want to kind of add two more points to this. When I played, my I, my literal best friend in college played the same exact position as me. And coming out of spring ball, I was buried on the depth chart. And I worked my way up. And the guy who beat me out for the number one spot was literally my best friend and my roommate for the year. We didn't hate each other. You know, it, it was it was only something that kind of made our friendship a little bit deeper because we wanted to work hard and beat each other out. It was that much more fuel because we were such great friends. And another thing I'll throw out there is it is well known that, you know, Michael Mayer and Drew Pine – we're like the best of friends. And do you think when Tyler Buckner beat out Drew Pine that he said, hey, I'm not going to catch any passes from Tyler Buckner anymore, even though that that was that was his you know number one target. I know Buckner didn't play a lot of games, but I guarantee Michael Mayer wasn't going to drop passes, run, run the wrong routes just because Tyler Buckner beat out probably what would be considered his best friend and roommate in college. Yeah. Concur. So after watching this year's New Year's Six Bowls, do you feel any differently about the college football playoff expanding in a couple of years? Sorry, can you repeat that one one more time? After watching this year's New Year's Six Bowls, do you feel any differently about the college football playoff expanding? No, I don't think that I have any issues with it expanding. Um, I know that, you know, we saw a lot of games that would be considered, you know, lopsided or not, not as great of games as we were potentially you know, waiting. But to me, the whole part of the college expansion is kind of eliminating the the hecklers or the people who are saying, well, why didn't this team get in or this team kind of deserves to get in. And so, you know, when we start seeing these games, we might see a couple of lopsided ones until we get down to, you know, the final four or eight or, you know, whatever it might be. 
you're going to see maybe a couple of lopsided games. And I think that that's okay because it still can show that you can, you can still make the playoffs, but you might, might not be, you know, on the same level as these teams who are, who are necessarily competing to win it all. And I think that that's something that is uh, an every year trend. I think that you have a, a solid group of teams who are kind of ahead of everyone else. Um, and you have some other teams who could potentially give competition and provide some sort of upset. But to me, I still enjoy seeing a larger playoff because you get to see a larger sample size of teams. Um, and I, I still think that, you know, going forward with the NIL and the transfer portal, we see, you know, an even more equal playing field. So I think going forward, you're going to see even more kind of equal, you know, playoff matchups going forward. So to me, I, I don't have any concerns with the playoff expansion. Yeah. And I mean, uh, we saw some really good, you know, we, we saw a handful of really good games in the New Year's Six Bowls. There were still a couple of duds, but, you know, like Tulane beating USC in the Cotton Bowl. And then the kind of game that we got from a TCU team that that everyone basically rode off against Michigan and the fact that they beat them, that, you know, the two semifinals were decided by a total of seven points. But I think like when you look at how some of these games have gone in the, in the New Year's Six, and then you go back to Thanksgiving weekend, with, with the current four-team format, there were like seven games Thanksgiving weekend that had any playoff implications. There would have been more than double that games with playoff implications going into that final weekend, Thanksgiving weekend of the regular season, if if this if it was a 12-team format this year, Notre Dame included. Notre Dame would have been fighting for a chance to be in a 12-team field. And I, I realize you can, you know, look at the other side and go, well, we, what chance do they have once they get in? Well, you've got to remember, you're not playing one of the top four teams. It's five versus 12, six versus 11, and so on. You know, so you're you're, you're going to play, hopefully, teams that are, are a little bit more evenly matched. Again, and when you look at the New Year's Six Bowl and you look at some of the results and how close and exciting some of those games were, I think that, that it could be, you know, a, a much more fun, basically, set of, of New Year's games because of the fact, like, those games are actually going to mean something. Like, Tulane versus USC actually would have meant something other than just, wow, that was fun to see USC lose to Tulane. <laughs> you know, it would have it would have meant something this year. Now, the only scary part is Alabama rolled Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. And as much as Alabama was you know, moaning about, oh, you know, Nick Saban, you know, we should have been in the four-team field and and all that kind of stuff. It's like, it's kind of scary to think that you let Alabama into a 12-team field if they're not, you know, in that top four. They could very easily find their way back into that, you know, semifinal round after winning a couple of early preliminary games. But I think it's going to be a lot more fun when they do it. And I realize a lot of, no, not everybody is is in agreement with how many teams that they should have. And, and that kind of thing. But I think it's going to be fun. And I agree with Chi-Town. I think Notre Dame beats Tulane as well. That guy completed like, like that, 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 that quarterback was a gamer, but he completed like eight passes against that atrocious USC defense. And that's still the biggest problem is like Tulane, that guy with his eight passes and, and, and Tulane with a couple of run plays, they just sliced and diced that USC defense. And, and I, I think Anthony, said earlier in this show, Notre Dame beats USC if they've got Hartman this year. And I find it hard to disagree. I think they would have had a much better chance of beating USC if they had a Hartman on the team this season. Fill in the blank. It's blank when you hear someone say a football player opted out of a bowl game to get ready for the NFL. 
It's a business decision. Uh, and that's the simple answer when you hear someone say a football player opted out of a bowl game uh, to get ready for the NFL. And I know that's not going to, you know, you hear you hear a lot of guys like Nick Saban saying, oh, well, you know, you can prepare for the combine, but the combine isn't what gets you uh, to the NFL. It's in-game experience. Well, Mr. Saban, not everyone gets invited, you know, to the combine. It's a select group. Um, and a lot of guys bolster their draft stock at the combine. So, you know, for me, uh, and again, this is I'm going to kind of go on a rant here a little bit because, you know, now that guys can kind of get some cash here in the college level, um, I think that the risk of injury might be mitigated a little bit. But I mean, specifically look at a guy like Derek Hamlin or sorry, DeMar Hamlin the other night. This is a guy in his second year contract who is like making one hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year and, you know, maybe some some game checks in there. And he's not even fully vested in the NFL. If he if he never played football again, the NFL doesn't owe him anything, and the NFL barely owes him any severance for the for the potential long lasting injuries or that he might sustain for the rest of his life. So when these guys say that it's you know I'm not going to play in a game because they want to get ready for the NFL, I mean look at someone like Jalen Smith. His career could have gone completely differently had he not played in that Ohio State game. So you know to me it, it's a hundred percent. A business decision and when you're talking about money and longevity and something like football that's never guaranteed especially at the nfl level when you know average career is like four or five years i'm right. okay with them making that decision no and i guess i'm I, you you everything that you laid out there i'm fine with but here's the here's the problem i guess here's here's the specific phrasing that i'm talking about i'm using my air quotes to get ready for the NFL. These guys are not literally getting ready for the NFL by not playing in a bowl. They're they're doing it to protect their future and all that stuff. I get it. But I think it's the wrong phrasing when they say he's opting out to get ready for the NFL because it's there's nothing he's doing to get himself ready in those 3 weeks or a month after he opts out, you know, that he wouldn't be doing by playing in a bowl. Now, I'm not saying that means all these guys should play in bowls. I'm just saying they need to phrase this differently. Just say he's opting out. He's declaring for the draft. He's not getting ready for the NFL in this time. You know, that's 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 my biggest thing. It, you know, it's it's not like these guys are it's like, oh, now I'm I'm working out even harder now that I'm not with the team and it's not even New Year's. All that work, that's actually going to start after New Year's. You know, now they're going to go to their training academies. They're going to go down to Arizona and Florida and all these places and start working out with their personal trainers. I've got no problem with that. And I've got no problem with them protecting their future. Just don't say you're opting out to get ready for the NFL. You're opting out because you're declaring for the NFL draft. You're not getting ready for anything when you're not playing at a bowl game in December or early January. That's yeah. my point. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. The NFL is still trying to decide what to do with the Bills-Bengals game that was halted, of course, due to DeMar Hamlin's health emergency that you just referenced there. There's talk going on about the possibility of a neutral site AFC championship game if the Chiefs, who are the current number one seed, would end up playing one of those two teams, like if they don't end up playing this game and that you know ends up determining seeding, which it's going to factor into the seeding. So do you buy or sell the idea of a potential neutral site excuse me, AFC championship game in that scenario. You know, I'm, I'm just kind of at this point, I'm, I'm a sell on that. Um, I, I think that the game altogether should just be scrapped and I don't have any issue uh, with it being scrapped. Um, I think that there's enough kind of stats or metrics out there to determine who could, you know, end up being that overall number one seed. So again, for me, I just think with everything that's happened this week, you know, for the players, uh, for the, for even the guys who aren't playing in the league, you know, it's it's a scare. It's a shock to a lot of people seeing something like that happen, you know, on the field. So to me, I'm OK. The game is the last concern, in my opinion, um, even if it's, you know, them making up the game, even if it's an AFC, quote unquote, championship game. To me, I'm just OK with the, the game being scrapped. We move on as scheduled um, and let the kind of, you know, pieces fall where they might fall the rest of the season. Yeah. And. You know, like they've been talking about, are you going to rearrange the playoffs? I, I don't think you want to rearrange the playoffs and and all that kind of stuff and and trying to jam in that game and and get it made up. Like I saw somebody say, well, you know, play it next Wednesday. Well, if you play it Wednesday, then you've still got a you know a, one of the if you're not the number the one seed, week. Gonna, yeah, if you're if you're not the number one seed, you're going to play in a playoff game the following week. There's and just I, I too, it's, it's too close to the end of the season at this point, yeah. because if the, if the game is, if the game was going to be made up, it needed to be, be made up Tuesday or Wednesday. And that wasn't going to happen considering the significance of what happened to DeMar Hamlin. So at this point, there's no benefit to playing that game. And they're, they're, the, it's not fair to the teams that would have to play in the playoffs in a short week. Um, and it's not, again, it's just, to me, there's no real benefit. I understand that there's seating implications and everything like that. Uh, but for me, what happened on the field on Monday is far more important than any seeds or any NFL, you know, product. Because at the end of the day, again, I kind of got at this earlier. The NFL makes millions of dollars. They're going to make billions of dollars off the playoffs. Everything will be fine as scheduled. You know, there's there's really no benefit, in my opinion, of playing that game. Yeah. And yeah, I, I don't think so. Probably either. They probably just need to declare it a no contest and then figure out exactly how they're going to do the seating because, you know, the bills and, and the chiefs are close and the, and the Bengals are just, you know, like, I, I think they're 11, what, what are they? They're 11 and four. And is it 11 and four? I can't remember the numbers right now. They've got four losses. The bills have three losses right now. They're, they're very close. And because of that reason, because of what you're saying, like you're saying, you don't want the neutral site game, but you also don't want the game to be made up. I think it's gotta be, one or the other. I think if you're not going to make up the game, you have to ultimately come to the decision that you're probably going to need to play that in a neutral, that, you know, the, the AFC championship game, again, assuming the Chiefs are in there at a neutral site, because this game is between two of the top three teams in the AFC right now. And that's home field advantage is a big factor in the playoffs. So I would be fine with them playing it 
in a neutral site because I it's it's sounding more and more like they're probably not going to. Uh, make How would you feel about a tie? Just marking it down. Both teams can agree that they're okay with the tie. See, I'm trying to just like that. That would obviously have impact on the standings as well because a tie benefits those teams as well. It's either going to come down to winning percentage. It, it would it, it would have to ultimately come down to winning percentage at that point. Now, and I'm not exactly sure how I would feel about them declaring it a tie because of the fact that then that you know helps your winning percentage ultimately. Like when you're going up a team against a team like Kansas City who doesn't have that tie. Joe with a super chat. Love the show, guys. Look at Major League Baseball. A lot of teams jockeying for those last few spots once they expanded. My Phillies almost went all the way. And he was talking about the, the college football playoff expansion, obviously. And, and it, you know, that's – there's just – there's a lot more excitement. There's a lot more excitement when you have it. And uh, Anthony says, put it in a dome. And I think they probably will. Someplace, <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, that's all we've got for tonight. Sorry if we agreed too much tonight, but uh, <laughs> appreciate everyone for. There was a lot of healthy dialogue going on today. Yeah, there was. I mean, it's it's exciting. I think everyone's excited. Obviously, people feel passionately one way or the other. Or a lot of feel you know people feel passionately passionately one way or the other, and that's fine. And it's going to make spring practice that much more interesting and exciting to go out there when we get the opportunity and uh, see how the quarterback competition goes. You know, how much of it we get to see, I don't know. But look forward to it. We're going to see a competition out there. And uh, I would think that it's going to continue into the fall as well. I, I would very much doubt they're going to name a starter at the end of the spring. But uh, we shall see. Hey, we've got the Rapid Fire show coming up tomorrow. The Friday show, Jesse and Vince and I will be here so we can all three bang heads tomorrow. That'll be at 5 o'clock. We'll be live with the Rapid Fire show. And uh, so that's going to do it for tonight. Hit the like button if you would. Subscribe, rate, review. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks again for being here tonight. Ivy Nation Sports Talk.